Welcome to Broadband. I'm your host, Denise Kowalczyk. This uh, program is part feature soul, part food for thought. It's a podcast that features maybe some personal wellness tips, some information, because you need to take care of yourself in order to take care of the world. So on today's show, um, my guest is Tonisha Toller. She's a longtime advocate for the arts and culture community here in Portland. She joined me in conversation in the KBU studios to talk about the changes she has seen in Portland's thriving creative community, as well as the shifts in connecting with the various cultures in the Portland metro area. Tonisha, welcome to Broadband. Hi, Denise. Thank you. So Tonisha and I go way back, kind of. I, I think I first met you through my work with Multnomah County Cultural Coalition, because you're with RAC. Is that how we met? Possibly. I actually recall KZME being our first point of contact. Oh, okay. um, and you showing up at the ArtSpark events and, and then approaching me, going, hey, can we partner Okay. On this. And so, because I have a document signed, I think, 2008. Okay. Okay. That us. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. we've known each other for a bit. Yeah. And I'm so pleased that I finally get you here. Yeah. Um, in front of the microphone. And we're going to have a, I believe, a, you know, a great, interesting conversation. Right um, You know, RAC uh, does a lot of work. And how long has it been around now? The Regional Arts and Culture Council? Oh, gosh. Um, so, 25 years as RAC. Yeah, but prior to that, they were actually the Metropolitan Arts Commission with mm-hmm. the city. So they've been around for quite some for time, really since like the time. 70s, yeah, early 70s, I'd say. And doing all kinds of stuff. And I think when I came across RAC is when uh, Mayor Sam Adams was in office, mm-hmm. and um, there was this um, community gathering of sorts to get some insight that really, I think, led to the, quote, arts tax, maybe? was definitely a lead up the winding up of okay how do we uh, grow garner community support um, for the arts sure yeah Yeah, definitely that was this there was that it was called the creative capacity that's where that all started exactly Mm -hmm. exactly yeah so um Tanisha and I you know we get together and we talk about all kinds of things and part of our conversations is about arts and culture in the Portland metro area and also on um, the changes, um, the shifts in the creative community, um, and all of that kind of interesting stuff. And I thought it would be really fabulous to have you in um, to provide your expertise and insights about uh, how the arts and culture, how the creative community, whatever label we want to put on it, when you started about 10 years ago mm-hmm. um, in this work and uh, your some of your experiences and observations and maybe the future, what you see as some opportunities and some challenges about how Portland is adapting to the changes in the overall community, 
how those changes mm-hmm. are impacting, uh, is that a word? I always struggle with that, impacting um, a certain segment of that community, namely the creative, cultural, arts, and also the various communities in that community yeah. of participating in that Mm-hmm. So you started uh, about 10 years ago at RAC, um, Regional Arts Cultural Council, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we'll just refer to it as RAC from mm-hmm. here on out. Um, and, you know, do you remember way back when um, sort of your observations when you came in and really was, you know, starting to engage in working with that part of the, the community? Yeah, wow. Wow, that would be, so I moved to Portland the summer of 2007 and uh, started working at RAC the late summer of 2007. So that truly was my introduction to Portland and the art scene from the get-go through the lens of working for the uh, organization in town that has a major influence in the support of the arts for the the Tri-County region. So it was interesting to be such a new person to a city and then also my job be so integral, you know, the arts be so a part of my whole job and um, and how I kind of viewed and navigated the city. And I remember when I, so I'm originally from the East Coast. I grew up in New Jersey. I grew up uh, a commuter town of New York City. So that is truly my lens of like world, community, and art. And so to come to the West Coast and the Pacific Northwest as an adult um, and then to see how it works here, it was different, different than New York for sure. But I was also completely engaged and excited. Um, I felt like there was a lot going on, but I knew there was a lot going on because of my role at RAC. Um, I work for the grants department, so I got to see a lot of stuff coming in. So I went out to a lot of things. And, you know, through the years, I feel like nothing has diminished Mm. That it just is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and more interesting and more varied. I feel like I went to a lot of visual arts when I first was in town. And then I slowly started to open up to doing different types of mediums, um, performance art. But I think it was about access. It was about hearing, knowing about Mm. what's happening and being able to get to it. And so, you know, to be really specific to that question of, you know, changes that I see through my job, through my personal life um, in the arts community, I definitely feel like access, visibility have changed because people are, um, there's more people coming to town, so there's more stuff happening. And as a result of that, I just feel like it's more visible. And more access, I definitely feel like, is coming through communications. You know, nine years ago, yeah, social media was there, but Mm. not the way it is now. So social media you know, triple underscore, like, yeah, social media, but also that, um, you know, people are just meeting people, they're sending out information, the circles are definitely connecting more. I feel like there are so many lists and so many newsletters and so many organizations. And then, you know, when I think about my communication highway, I feel like it's so intense. The amount of, I mean, I could spend all day just reading about what's happening here Mm. in town. And also the geography of the community has changed and shifted what's important, who's being highlighted. East Portland, Southeast Portland are definitely garnering more attention these days. And the other thing I was thinking about is that there are entities now that are all about aggregating information. And so you've got these hubs 
there's Travel Portland, there's Venture uh, Venture Portland, uh, PDX Pipeline. There's a new group. Oh my gosh, what are they called? Push uh, Push Dot Boards or I mean, there's these um, air these people that have decided to hey, let's collect the information and get the information out. So I could keep going on and on and on. I feel, and I, I you know, but I don't want to. But I definitely also feel that culturally hubs are becoming more prominent. I feel like the Black community. Um, it, regarding uh, the creative community has started to have little hubs. There's the BCC, uh, and then there's another face group. That's a BCC is a creative collective of of uh, brown skin people, brown skin artists. And then there's say the uh, what is it called the Portland uh, Creatives Community Online Creative com- Creative Community of Color. Excuse me, online Facebook very active. I see posts all day from them. Well, let yes, me answer pause. this question. So, so much to talk about. But yeah, there I, is a lot. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So talking a little bit about um, specifically the digital mm-hmm. um, uh, way of getting access to what's going on in the community. Okay. Um, what if, you know, communities or people um, do not have access to that digital doorway sure. into getting that information uh would you you know what do you think um are the opportunities mm-hmm. uh for not using that vehicle mm-hmm. to get people more aware and mm-hmm. hopefully more engaged in our arts and culture sure i think that um the bottom line of you know paper visibility is still pretty king that's kind of a word of mouth word of mouth is king mm-hmm. um that Visually, people see stuff. They're going to the grocery store. They're walking around the neighborhood. It's in the the local neighborhood newspaper. It's at their schools. And then also word of mouth. Um, I also feel that culturally, I've discovered cultural communities are really wanting to stick in, within their hubs. Mm. That's where they feel safe. And, and is I'm, that physically or art-wise? What do you mean by everything? Hubs? Okay. So it's like where they go for their life, for their community. So physically, if it's possible, you might see regions where like, yeah, there's a big, you know, consortium of maybe this particular community in this area, but it might just be happenstance that it was, you know, it worked Mm. well for livability. But a lot of times it's like, there'll be a place that like, so for instance, East Portland, the Jade District, which is one of the neighborhood prosperity initiatives through city of Portland, in East Portland, they are, you know, an Asian Pacific American uh, network organization. They're Apano, I was mm-hmm. going to say, is one of their partners that they connect with. And so geographically, I think there is a higher Asian population living out there, but maybe not extravagantly huge. But then people know that that's a, a resource. And mm. so the Asian community is definitely going to them for information. So another way that people, as I said, word of mouth is definitely king, but then these hubs are becoming a part of how people are like, oh, this is where I can connect and get my information and have my activities, whether it's socially or mm-hmm. you know family-oriented. So um, Latino, the Latino community is the exact same way. I'm finding out that there are hubs within those communities, whether geographically um, or just like, hey, we were able to find this place that we come to all, all the time. So, um, and I see places definitely in East Portland that are becoming hubs. 
um, like that. There's the Rose Rosewood Initiative, which is also another yes. NPI that's out in Southeast. NPI, what is that? Sorry, Neighborhood Prosperity Initiative. Okay, thank you. Yes, of course. I realize. <laughs> I know I didn't say that before, uh, even though I spelled it acronyms. out before. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Okay. That, yeah, there's just hubs, community hubs, physically, geographically, as well as just community-wise mm-hmm. is another way people are finding out information where they feel safe um, and where they're, um, right, if they're not totally um, hooked into the whole mm-hmm. digital mm-hmm. world as well. So when I hear that, I mean, one of the things that comes up, a few things come up in mind for me, um, that hubs, mm-hmm. are you saying silos i mean or is there opportunity for these hubs more of a constellation so i believe they're more of a constellation i definitely feel like there's a little inner like we feel safe here sometimes it's about language Mm -hmm. i know that i've had a really interesting and enjoyable experience connecting with say the Laos community or the Hmong community here. And they all, most of the people I encounter definitely speak English. But then I think that they have these really tight-knit communities because there's an older generation within that community that when they're just around each other, they're just talking their commu- their language. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the children, because they want to preserve their cultures, well, that gets mm-hmm. trickled down. And so even though I'm not in that kind of inner circle, I go to community events that they have open to the community. And oftentimes at these community events, there's a whole bunch of partners mm-hmm. that are there that are not from that community. So when I say, when you, yes, I think that it's more of a consolation that it's a constellation, yeah, that um, it's, yeah, the hub, the core of those communities, but then, of course, they realize they don't want to be isolated. They do want to be a part of the community as well. And that's interesting because I remember um, several years ago when I was more involved in the arts and culture community that there were some um, opinions and concerns that there was, uh, gosh, more of a separateness of Mm. the downtown Mm. Um, not corridor, but the downtown hub of mm-hmm. the arts mm-hmm. scene, if mm-hmm. you will, and a separateness from the outside Portland proper, if you will. Do you believe that was the case about 10 years ago? Yay or nay? And if so, have you seen a shift in that? Or So I would say that, yes, there was definitely, I was unaware of it as a person who's new to Portland is mm-hmm. also a person who has a city lens, I thought, oh, downtown, that's the city, right? This is the city of Portland. And then I realized, actually, no, this isn't where the life of Portland happens. Sure, during the day, maybe a little bit at night, there's some cultural centers such as the Portland Five. But I feel like for the most part, across the river, East Portland, Northeast Portland, South, that is actually where the community lives Mm -hmm. and where the community lives, you know, and so they're they're doing their things there. They're going to the grocery store and they're, you know, meeting with friends for coffee and they're going to events and activities in those areas. So the hub, yeah, I definitely feel is not a part of, in a sense, the main culture of art that happens here. And um, what was the second part? I feel like I'd lost track of that. Um, do you think that that has changed? No, I feel like it's still that, and it's growing, Mm -hmm. and it's stronger. It feels stronger. Mm -hmm. And uh, and organizations, for instance, there's the Portland Institute of Contemporary Art. Um, They've definitely struggled, not struggled, but they've moved around. um, But they've, as 
since my time here in Portland, they've been located downtown, which is fine. And people certainly figure out how to access them. And when, when they have events and do their big festival for the year, they definitely are on primarily the east side of Portland. And so this, and, you know, as I said, they still do have events downtown, but I would say that the majority of their events happen on the east side of Portland. And this year, they actually were fortunate to find more permanent housing. Mm-hmm. And guess where they are? On the east side of Portland. Yeah. They're on, uh, well, it's not east, but it's east of the river. Mm-hmm. Um, they're on North Williams, um, mm-hmm. I think around Tillamook. They just moved. But it's like the hub of things happening. Are definitely. Totally yeah, shipping. people are really, and I think that's where you're going to get your turnout from the community as well. Well, it sounds like, you know, from your perspective, Mm -hmm. um, and you are really out in the community Mm -hmm. um, talking with people uh, about um, different opportunities to connect and intersect and learn more about our very growing and thriving arts and culture community. I'd love for you to speak to, this just popped in my mind, what Mm -hmm. I've heard from artists, Mm -hmm. the whole impact of livability in this city. Right. And how we preserve um, that uh, foundation that makes the city fantastic. Mm-hmm. I know there are many challenges that make it so not fantastic, but mm-hmm. for the sake of this question, the part of that fabric, whatever the metaphor is, because mm-hmm. I always mess those up, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but arts and having a place for artists to live in this community, to make art in this community, I hear they can't live here anymore because they can't afford it. I mean, I'd love for you to speak to that. Can you? I've Well, I have my own personal opinion. I don't have any um, solid information mm-hmm. to, to, mm-hmm. to back that up for sure, but I definitely hear it. In, in volume, say yes. What you what you just said about people feel that the livability has gone down here in Portland, and that it has had an effect on the creative community. I don't think that that is actually like the that 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 is totally the 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 finite. Like, yep, that's exactly what it means. Mm-hmm. That's what it's like because I feel like there's a really vibrant, thriving, growing creative community here and people are moving i am meeting people left and right i've been here six months i just moved here from boston i just i'm like holy god i've been here for two years it's like wow but i'm saying the hubs are the interesting the hubs and I, as i said as my connections grow i mean i went to this event called pitch black the other day i was blown away there was all of these it was four black young black entrepreneurs and the room was packed and it was so a teeming with energy and it was mm. all about the creative industry. So uh, I feel like God, there's changing. so many. Yeah, it's changing. I think that it is not easy. I'm not going to tell you it's easy, um, but I don't think that it's impossible. And I think definitely people are making it. I know, you know, um, people that they're teaching and they're create and they're still making their art or um, they're cobbling together multiple things and still making their art or sometimes it's like yeah i'm a they do they're like it programming and still making their art mm-hmm. so i think that it's happening and people are willing to work hard for it because they do enjoy the livability and the i think the openness of this community and so people are willing to make it happen mm-hmm. um and so i feel like people are making it happen and i don't think that people need to be like oh so down about yes things are becoming expensive here 
that's just the way the world works, you know. But, you know, and some people are at that bottom and they're like, yeah, I'm having a hard time struggling. Mm-hmm. But also I know that, you know, the geographically where we've expanded where people are living because people are like, I still want to live here, but I am being pushed out. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's a truism as well. I mean, it's certainly happening, but we're trying to be flexible in how we can support that. And because people, the powers that be are aware that this is a situation, I think that it's not that people aren't trying to work on it. It's just quiet, maybe slow, maybe small. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this life, ebbs, ebbs and flows, goods and bads, highs and lows. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> you know, I... Uh, I was um, thinking back to one of your answers to the plethora, the amazing amount of opportunity Mm -hmm. to explore and experience different kinds of arts and culture in our community. Do you think there could ever be too much arts and culture in a community? Like never, right? No, never, never. You know, it's just like, okay, this might be (laughs) a silly example, but think about you might shop at the Gap. Uh I shop at the Gap occasionally and I buy a shirt that is distinguishable. So it's not just like a plain like black t-shirt. And I rarely, rarely see anyone else with that shirt on. And so there must be that many, because you know, they made a whole bunch of those shirts, right? (laughs) They're not just making a few. And that makes me, Mm. I use that example all the time that there are that many people in the world there, there are that many people in a community that have likes, common likes or different likes. And when they're not finding what they want, they make something new and then they find people that like what, you know, who want to congregate around that. And so I feel like, yeah, I don't think that, that we ever get to a point. Things kind of do this, yes. you know, things come and then they maybe fade away and then more things come. So I don't think there could ever yeah. be too much. It's just always moving. It's constant, always like constant. sort of an amoeba, right? Do they shape? Something, and all something that stuff. is just this ebbs and flows. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. It's a little hard to see her arms. I know. On you the should, radio. Yeah, it's like our lungs. You know, yeah. they expand and contract yeah. as they need to. Yeah, yeah. Um, has anything really surprised you? I think you may have touched on a little bit, but I mean, as you're out in the community, I mean, I've I've heard a few of your responses of awe and inspiration of what you've discovered out there. Mm. But has there been anything of recent that really has like, wow, I had no idea about dot, dot, dot. Is that too big of a question? Because you see so many calls. I She's do, got like the best I job. Do. I see. I, do, I see a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I would say that recently, so the Portland Institute for Contemporary Art, excuse me, the Portland Institute for Contemporary Art, PICA, they have their annual festival, TBA, time-based art. And I went to one of their events this this year, which is called the After Party, the works. And they really are focusing on making sure that, you know, the, the community that's being represented at their events, um, whether it's the artist or the audience, they're really tapping into the diversity of the community here um, in, 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 in general. And I went to this event, and it, the event, it was a after party, so there's like multiple DJs at the dance party, but then there's like art happening in the space. And th- the event was the YGB people. I, I forget what the whole title was, mm. but the YGB stands for Young, Gifted, and Black. Apparently it's been happening for a couple of years now. I know, right? Um, dance parties. But guess what? It brings people together and the diversity. So it's not just like all black people at this group, but it's like they found a hub. They've created a hub to be like, hey, we want to have a party for us and the stuff we like. If you want to come, okay. 
So anyway, this was a part of TBA. I went to this event and I'm hearing from everyone, this was like the best event. Wow, I've never been to a a TBA works like this before. Like it was the Mm. amount of people that were there, the types of people. I mean, I literally in one a day, I was meeting people that had just moved here from Washington, D.C., just moved here from Boston, had been here two years from Chicago um, and all different races. And I was so excited um, about that's it was like this was really fun naturally not just because it happened to be event that was focused around the black community and diversity i think it just the energy that was brought as a result of that focus people people were there they didn't even know they were at tba they're like we don't really know what tba is we came for ygb (laughs) i was like that's awesome. Wow. That's the power of like, yeah, you don't necessarily need to be like, we're TBA. I mean, TBA is great, but it doesn't, you don't have to stand behind this. Like, we are this thing. Sometimes it's about, okay, we want to connect to community. And so the mission was met in a sense, right? If that was their mission, let's right? hope. Because, right, I don't, I I can't articulate their full mission. Sure, of but, course. right, isn't it bringing all kinds of stuff? Yeah. So people can. Touch it, exactly. live it, and what have you, exactly. and see what comes out of that organically or yeah, what have so, you. That's so, so yeah. cool. So I think their mission was met. So anyway, that was my awe of like, this I'm sorry, was I actually a really fun party. <laughs> no, that, that was like, that was where, where you asked my, that, the question. And so yeah. I remember like, yeah, that was my awe. I was like so impressed um, around that, that's cool. that convening. Anyway. So we only have time for one more question. Okay, cool. And here it is. <laughs> so let's say fast forward, we're um, sitting in this studio uh-huh. in 10 years from now. Oh, geez. And yeah. what do you think you might want to reflect upon in that conversation? Well, Denise, guess what happened in the last 10 years? Not, not everything, yeah. but something that, that you hope to see, to share with me um, regarding our arts and culture, our community, our creative com- uh, community, and how it is, Yeah, what it has become. Yeah. Well, this might surprise some people, but when you said that, you know what I always think that's best, you know, listen to what comes up first, bubble, what bubbles up first in your mind. First thing that came to my mind is that I would love to see more leaders of color in the arts community more prominently, you know, prominent. You know, I just think that we, there are leaders of color in the arts community now because these things are happening. So obviously people are leading these things happening, but how do we get them to be more recognized as leaders of the community, you know, not just like, great, I work for, you know, I'm Asian and, you know, I'm with the Asian community and we're doing stuff in our hub, but how do you actually get to maybe be a part of city council as a leader or that you're down there doing state of the arts, you know, fighting for the arts as a leader and you're being noticed as like, oh yeah, and you're a leader who's representing the Asian community or an immigrant or refugee community or the black community or the Latino community. I would love to see that because I feel like there are so many leaders in this town, but I don't see a lot of leaders visibly. And coming from an area for my my for growing up that I, was so visible, but it was visible and I wasn't aware of it because I just was everyday common. Like, oh, so when I came here, it was stark. I was starkly aware of like, oh, I'm not seeing lots of different types of people so that's you know that's the thing that comes to mind first I would love to really see that to visibly and have it not be a big deal to have it just be like yep this is just every day because there are some I can name some names right now about some people that I think are exciting Um, they 
definitely consider themselves to be uh, part of the communities of color. They're definitely arts focused, creative community focused, and I, I think they're really smart. And I think that they are very civically minded, and I think that they could really put together some ideas to say, hey, are we thinking and talking about this and about how does this support our community and grow our communities? So anyway, I'll stop talking, but this is a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> Tanisha, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Yeah. That was Tanisha Toller, Community Liaison for the Regional Arts and Culture Council. You can learn more about that organization's workshops, events, and programs by visiting their website, www.racc.org. Now, some food for thought. One of my favorite genres of books is personal development, and I'd like to share some of those books with you from time to time. And the one I'm going to spotlight for this podcast is The Joy of Appreciative Living by Jacqueline Baskerbert Kelm. It is a book that's a 28-day plan, if you will, to help boost your foundation of joyful living with three simple steps that help you uh, revolve around starting your day, uh, evaluating experiences of your day, and developing more meaningful connections with the people in your life. Um, I loved what the messaging was. It was an easy read, and you might want to check it out. So that's called The Joy of Appreciative Living. Now you can check it out from my most favorite library on the planet, that's Multnomah County Library, and learn more about the author at appreciativeliving.com. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode of Broadband. Thanks to my guest, Tonisha Toller, for chatting with me today. And thanks to you, dear listener, for um, taking out some time to listen to this episode of Broadband. Thanks a lot and have a great day.